Greetings, greetings. Once again, it's your boy, Cypher the MC, host of the Into the Cypher podcast. You know, your guru, your barista, all that good stuff here. Thank you for dropping by. Thank you for tuning in. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, The Real Cypher TV, or if you're listening in on any one of our platforms that we're available on, appreciate you. Uh, as you know, another week has gone by. And you know what the topic of the day is. <laughs> I told you, we're going to get into these topics that are basically going to kind of push us to be the very best people that we can be, human beings that we can be. And sometimes we've got to tackle these hard topics that we don't want to discuss because we think we're doing everything right. But sometimes we just need to look at it from a different perspective as we continue to be on this journey together. And we want to make sure that we are just, you know, being the very best that we can be. But before we get into anything, you already know what we got to do. We got to get rid of those disclaimers. Get them out the way. You got to get them out the way. So, of course, I don't have, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a uh, psychiatrist or psychologist. I don't have a, 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 a master's or doctorate from Harvard. I am just a regular, just a regular. Say it with me now, Joe Schmo. Just a regular guy, just giving you the benefit of his own experience, but also just want to look at things from a different perspective, just to see how where we can improve. And again, try to be the best versions of ourselves. And as you know, today's topic, today's topic, as I alluded to last week, are you setting up your kids for success? Or are you setting them up for failure? Now, of course, we, you know, parents are going to be like, no, of course not. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that I'm, I'm providing for my kids. I'm doing all the good stuff, you know, giving them a place over, you know, roof over their heads, food to eat, trying to teach them, you know, right from wrong, how to treat people, all that good stuff. And that is great. I applaud each and every one of you that are doing that. Continue to do so. Continue to do so. I'm just going to touch on a few things that maybe, maybe we can try to, if, if you're right here, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see where my hand at, but if you're right here, right about eye level, you want to kind of maybe take it up a notch or two, take it up a notch or two. Um, there was a time in this country where America was number one in everything, education, um, you know, literacy, liter I can't even talk, golly, <laughs> literacy rate all that good stuff there was a time when america was number one and you know everyone wanted to come to america because america had the best schools had the best education had the best everything that may have been mm, 20 30 years ago maybe even 40 You're talking about the 80s here now America, if you do any statistics and are into those numbers and things of that nature, like I am, we're like in the 20s, the 30s, when it comes to literacy and education and, you know, health and things of that nature. And it's like, where did we fall off? Where did we go awry, astray even? And that's what we just wanted to, I just want to touch on today. Um, I ran across two articles. I'm definitely going to leave the link in the description box below if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, as well as in the podcast itself, one of which is from um, August of last year, 
an article by Tiff Gibson. You'll find it on Trumi.com. Trumi. T-R-O-O-M-I.com. Um, Parenting and Technology. The title of the article is Raising Kids Then and Now, The Evolution of Parenthood. And basically what the, co- the, the article covers is basically the, you know, uh, a dynamic shift in family. Like in the 60s, kids grew up for the most part in a two-parent household. That's not to say that single parents didn't exist. It just was very uncommon. You would go to someone's house and they say roughly almost 90% of children lived with two parents during the 60s. Now, currently, it's right around 70%, but you have to think about it. That's almost a 20% difference between when kids, you know, the, the, the two errors, the two, you know, the two time frames where now kids, you know, can come from a single parent household more oftentimes than not. Like, what changed? Like, you know, of course, parents were more apt to stay together if they were married during the 60s than they are now it's just a total shift in mindset and things of that nature parents are spending less time at home they used to be uh, a, a homemaker during the 60s and 70s mothers would be at home with the kids or be there to help them with their homework you know take care of the house things of that nature but the you know there was a shift and now more mothers are working parents and things of that nature and and even those that have, that those kids that come from two parent households guess what the parents are not home <laughs> the pa- both parents are working and that is that that kind of adds to the shift as far as between then and now like how much time is being invested in our children if we're not there you know it's one thing for our children to say hey i want to be uh, i, I want to participate in sports or i want to participate uh you know in this you know in in drama or theater in school well, if the parents are working, how much time are we devoting to going to make sure that not only do our children get to the, you know, the, the auditions and rehearsals or what have you, but how often are we working with them, you know, going over their lines or much less being able to view their play once it comes. And, you know, our kids are facing a totally different or at least, or should I say at least much more you know, um, things that can kind of deter them uh, in in many different ways. I'll give you an example. There was another article I came across here um, from VeryWellFamily.com, and it pretty much goes over the ten social issues and problems that trouble today's teens, like well before they get to adulthood. You know, our our kids are facing social issues. Like they're facing depression as teenagers before they get to adulthood. You know, before there's a name or, or anything associated with it, some, you know, disassociative disorder or what have you. They're facing these issues, you know, like depression, things of that nature, that, you know, we may often miss as parents. So it's kind of like, okay, well, if you know your child, if you know when they're upset or when something's bothering them or things of that nature, that's great. But oftentimes, are we really addressing the underlying issues that are that they're facing, that they're, they're coming across? 
like if they are are, are, are withdrawn or you, you you kind of experience or, or kind of just view a, a a change in their sleep pattern for example as the article covers you know hey um, they're sleeping more oftentimes than not they don't they're they're pretty much you know kind of not being you know participating in anything social um, even with family they're, they're kind of withdrawn from family things of that nature you may just want to kind of say okay is there something there that maybe I'm not qualified to talk to them about because we as parents we want to protect our children we want to kind of you know give them you know the best foot forward once they leave to go out into the world to be you know upstanding citizens but if we don't know what is going on within them it's kind of hard for them to be you know participate in anything socially you know in any type of social environment if they are you know dealing with depression and and we can't and we're trying to just kind of put a band-aid over it so to speak we're just kind of saying oh it's just this or it's just that because we're looking at it from a perspective that is 20 30 years old and outside of depression this article covers you know bullying sexual activity you know drug use alcohol use obesity academic problems i mean not every child wakes up in the morning and is like oh golly gee it's school i can't wait unless it's like a friday and there's some sort of fun activity or whatever and i'm sure most parents try to make the child you know understand that it's you know they're going to have those times where school is, is going to be fun but it's mostly work it's 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 mostly to get you to understand certain things so when you get older you can handle those things you know better as they come every year is built upon the previous year so if you're doing great in third grade awesome you're gonna have to learn a little bit more on top of that when you go to fourth grade but fourth grade is going to teach you some things that third grade also taught you but you're gonna to have to expand on that same thing with fifth grade when you go to fifth grade it's gonna expand what you were taught in fourth grade and so on and so forth not every child is gonna be like oh that's awesome I can't wait to go the majority of kids are like oh my gosh I really don't want to go to school but to those parents that that show their child and teach their child or children the benefits of going to school the benefits of learning, the benefits of studying, the benefits of, of of having a good sleep schedule so you can be primed so you're not always tired and, oh my gosh, I gotta go to school, no, 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 I'm so tired, I couldn't study, I couldn't focus. It's, it's Those parents are gonna have much more successful children. And just a word from our sponsors. Are you someone that is ready to strike out on their own and get their first apartment? You and your roommates are all ready and set to go to live the good life and pretty much get your life started? Or are you about to leave college and looking for a new place to live in a new city with your new degree? Well, guess what? There's a company called Credit Rent Boost that will allow you to get credit for the rent that you pay and get it reported to the credit bureaus. This will not only allow you to boost your credit, but also set you up long term so when you are ready to make your first purchase as a homeowner. So give them a try. 
creditrentboost.com and you can use promotion code OVM24522. It may be the best decision you ever made. Boy, I tell you, that guy's voice is super smooth. I can't get enough. What about you? Well, no, seriously. Outside of our academic problems and issues and things of that nature, what, are, are we talking to our kids about, you know, if they're having issues in school, like, like what's going on, like why? Because, you know, the quote-unquote troubled teens, air quote, you know, they're no longer the ones just dropping out of school. You know, you have the pressure of, oh my gosh, going, getting into a good college. And a lot of kids just burn themselves out before they graduate from high school. So there's a lack of interest there. There's a lack of, you know, you know, the, 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 you know, oh my gosh, the purpose, like why? Why am I gonna go to school? Why am I gonna go to college if I'm just gonna end up in debt and, you know, have to get a job that I don't like and work for 20, 30 years to pay off this debt that I really didn't ask for, things of that nature. And it's a matter of staying involved in the, you know, in the teen's education, basically. It's about being consistent. And that is the underlying premise of not only this episode, but just teaching in life, just life basically, just being consistent. Like when you are consistent within yourself, when you're consistent with your, uh, with your mate, when you're consistent with, you know, teaching your children, it's, it's going to show, it's going to reflect, it's gonna, it's gonna take time, it's going to take patience, of course, but it's going to take time and it's going to, you're going to see the curve start to go up. It's going to, it's going to improve and you're going to see that your children are going to open up to you more. You're going to see that they're going to come to you with questions that even you, even if you don't have the answers, it's going to force you to also grow. Now, let's face it. Many of us as parents, we've, we come to a certain point and we're like, oh, I'm a parent. Not that we say we know it all, but we want our child to come to us. Come to me if you have an issue. Come to me if you have a problem. Come to me if you have any questions. But are we kind of not being prepared to answer those questions when our child comes to us with those questions? I believe that preparation is key. I believe that by staying in contact with our children and, and not just allowing them to be so involved with social media like take a break both articles address you know the, the the evolution of technology having an impact on our children today and cell phones and things of that nature and our children is being totally disengaged it's like you have dinner like is the child eating in their room or does everyone come together as a family at the dinner table like get rid of the cell phones like put the cell phones up there isn't a call or business, you know, or, or any or text or notification that is more important than that time that you can actually be with your children and engage with them. That's pretty much how you would find out, you know, what's going on with them by by talking to them, by you know, asking them questions. You know, not the you know rigmarole of questions or you know just the boring questions. How was school? What did you learn today? If they didn't feel that they learned anything, they're just going to tell you what you want to hear. So you have to kind of figure out exactly your approach to get the information that you want to decipher 
Number one, are they engaged in whatever class it is? Are they getting the most out of it? You know, gone are the days that we should be blaming the school for everything. Gone are the days that we should be like, well, the school should do this. The school should do that. We have to understand that the schools are pretty much there to educate our children. But they, too, are limited to what they can do. There should be a cooperative effort between the schools and the parents to say, hey, whatever the school teaches my child, I should follow with my child to make sure that they understand what they're being taught. That doesn't mean that you have to be an expert in statistics or quantum physics or whatever kids are taking these days. I mean, let's face it. Many children are taking classes far advanced, more advanced than we were taking, you know, 20, 30 years ago. But it stands to reason that if we are aware of what they're taking, we should stay on top of, you know, any possible, you know, issues that may come up, any scenarios that they may have, you know, I'm having trouble in, in school. Well, did you get a tutor? Did you talk to the teacher? No, I didn't know. It's a matter of trying to talk to our kids without talking at them. Does that make sense? We have to talk to them. We have to try to engage with them to pull the information out because if, if we're seeing uh, you know, instances where these types of, of social issues, you know, uh, depression, bullying, alcohol use, you know, drug use, peer pressure is still there. That was the biggest thing for me growing up was peer pressure. Oh, you know, you know, falling in with the wrong crowd or things of that nature. If we're not asking the right questions or engage with our children consistently, we're going to miss the mark on some things. And, and, and when I you know, kids grow up and they get into adulthood and they're going to be faced with things. Well, we're going to be like, well, well, why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you do that? Well, no one told me. I did not know. I was never taught this. I would not want to be that parent that has to hear this from their child that grew up in the same you know household with them or you engage with them frequently for them to say, well, I was not taught this. I... I no one ever took the time to teach me this. So how do you talk to your teen? How do you talk to your teen about, you know, um, life just in general? You know, what do they want to do with their life? What are their hobbies? What are their interests? And how do you kind of facilitate that conversation? It can feel uncomfortable because a lot of teens don't like to, you know, you know, oh my gosh, my dad wants to talk about sex and my mom wants to talk about, you know, dating and all that sort of stuff. I mean, a good way to kind of strike up a conversation about drugs or sex or, or any other uncomfortable situations per the article there from, from the uh, Very Well Family by, by Amy Morin. I forgot to give her credit and credit to her. She's the editor-in-chief over there. She was she is basically to ask a question like do you think this is a big issue at your school do you think drugs is a big issue at your school do you think sex is a big issue at your school do you think vaping do you think peer pressure do you think bullying is a big issue at your school and, and you listen to what they have to say now as parents it's very hard to not be judgmental <laughs> or anything like that 
but you have to make your expectations and your opinions clear without being judgmental. I know it's hard, trust me, I, I do. It takes time, it takes growth, it takes patience within yourself because this is how you become not only a better parent but a better person because now you have a better relationship with your child. Your child will now see more clearly what you ex what they are what is expected of them versus, you know, it just being bring home good grades. Don't get into trouble. Don't talk to this person, don't talk to that person. I mean, it's important that your, you know, your teens understand that you don't condone certain behaviors and that they know the consequences of breaking those rules that you're setting, things of that nature, but also you're letting them know the impact of what they are are seeing or or maybe even be thinking about being involved in, the impact on them long term. You know, so that way doing that, having those types of conversations, no matter how uncomfortable they are. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of uncomfortable just to talk to adults, but with teens, it's a whole different scenario. I can attest to that. But by the same token, you don't want to not have those conversations. Trust me, there are plenty of parents who run away from those conversations and try to leave it up to the grandparents or leave it up to someone else because they themselves don't know how to handle those situations. They may have faced the very same things that a lot of these teenagers are facing today as far as, you know, uh, drugs and things of that nature or alcohol abuse or depression or any type of social anxiety and they still don't know how to deal with it. So they pass the buck, so to speak. We have to stop passing the buck. We have to have those conversations with our kids because they're the next generation. They're the next ones as we're handing the, the baton off to them, so to speak. So that way they can themselves, when they are parents, say, hey, you know what? I was dealing with this, but my parents talked to me and I'm going to talk to you. That's how we stop generational curses and start generational blessings. So guys, thank you. This has been the Into the Cypher podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. As always, as always, thank you for the support. We're going to continue to grow, do our thing, continue to be the best version of ourselves. And as always, before you can love anyone else, you must first love yourself. And I am out this thing. Cypher. I will not lose. Into the cipher with your life.